Welcome to the Baker Tilly U.S. podcast, an online community developed to connect you to our partners and leaders across the globe. Subscribe today to continue discovering new and unique ways that Baker Tilly can enhance or protect your value as we discuss timely, relevant, and impactful topics. This current series is specific to public sector professionals. We recognize that the coronavirus is impacting state and local governments, schools, and utilities across the country. The COVID-19 crisis has challenged our world in ways we have never before experienced. In this podcast series, GovTalks, we will speak with Baker Tilly public sector leaders about practical guidance to help government entities navigate through reopening, recovering, and resetting so they can thrive in a post-pandemic environment. Hello, and welcome to the first podcast in our GovTalk series. My name is Vicki Hellenbrand, and I'm the leader of Baker Tilly public sector practice. Today's podcast focuses on comprehensive financial plans for local governments and their utilities and features our public sector planning specialists, Paige Sansone and Nick Dragoslich. Hi, I'm Paige Sansone. I'm a partner based out of our Indianapolis, Indiana office. My area of practice is local government budgeting and financial planning services. Hi, I'm Nick Dragosich with Baker Tilly's office here in St. Paul, Minnesota. My area of practice includes financial studies and organizational management studies. Great. Although it may be too soon to understand the financial impact of COVID-19, you know, we're certain that there's going to be one. It's imperative to understand both the short-term and long-term finance implications of COVID-19 to enable proper planning and potential reimbursement of lost, lost revenue and expenses even. Let's get started. Paige and Nick, what are you seeing as the top challenges facing governments right now related to budgeting and financial planning? The greatest challenge is just the uncertainty and fluidity of the pandemic. Obviously, there is an immediate need to address the current and potential future impacts of COVID-19. It's safe to say that revenues will be impacted to some extent. However, the timing and extent of the impact is uncertain. Local government will be challenged with late payment of property taxes, reduction in other tax revenues like sales and income taxes, reduction in business-related taxes like hotel occupancy, car rental, and other taxes, reductions in other fees like parking, building and development, and recreational. I think there's also going to be some impact on utility revenues, um, as particularly as it relates to delayed payments, waiver of penalty and fees, uh, and those kinds of re- revenues utilities receive I think it's also going to be a reduction in connection fees um, and impact fees as development slows down. Uh, that's going to be important uh, for utilities to take a hard look at how that's going to affect their operation over the year. I agree, Nick. I think the fluidity of the current situation and the unknown fallout in the coming months and years begs a more managerial, long-term approach to financial decision-making. I think the other thing is, as we listen to the various economic forecasts that are out there, they talk about a fairly long recovery to get the economy back to where it was. As long as that continues to play out and the economy continues to lag, we're going to see more of these lost revenues uh, going forward and more demand for relief from them from all levels of government. I agree. As I've been speaking with some of my clients, until they start actually looking into some of the details, you know, particularly lost utility revenues, Nick, like you mentioned, you know, we are finding that some of the large industrial users in certain communities are down, you know, well below 30% their normal water usage. And because the costs of a water utility are so fixed, 
that can have a devastating effect on the utility and you know meeting its cash needs. So to that end, what does a comprehensive financial plan entail? You know, what should or shouldn't be included in the plan and how often should you update it? A comprehensive financial plan involves a forward projection of revenues and expenditures of the major operating funds of an entity. And we usually do it over a certain planning period, for example, three to five years. Um, the projections should consider the impact of, of everything that's going on with this pandemic and how it will affect those revenues and expenditures. So we would look at impacts like inflation, building and development, capital improvements, and of course, just the economy as a whole. As we talked a little bit earlier, the impact on local, state, and national economy, which we'll have to factor into those. Um, you know, how do you make a forward projection with certainty? You can't. So you have to look at scenarios. What are likely scenarios we're going to see going forward? And typically, we've worked with three different scenarios. You know, a pessimistic one, kind of a best guess, and an optimistic one. And as you put those together, I, I like to describe those as envelopes of possibility. And as you lay your plan out and you consider how would I function within this envelope, I think you have something you can use as a guide going forward. That makes a lot of sense. How does the information within both the monthly and the long-term plans help the government? It helps the government to plan for and manage their financial performance and cash flow. It also helps leaders make good decisions and analyze the impact of those decisions. Um, they may ask, what services should we continue to provide and in what levels? Um, we recently worked with a fire chief to develop a cash flow analysis. The chief had budgeted to hire six paramedics this year. And of course, the long-term projections we did last year showed that, yeah, the chief can support those new hires. But now with the pandemic situation, we needed to take another look at those cash flows and update the projections. So now based on our current assumptions, uh, those positions can't be funded in 2021. So the, the projections and the financial planning has helped the chief, um, you know, decide to hold off on that decision. And then he will obviously revisit the plan next year. But that's just an example of how you can get ahead of this um, by, by doing some, some long-term financial planning. And I think those are good points, Paige. But I think the other thing they have to look at is, you know, what do you have to, will you have the financial resources to make your debt service payments and to meet any bond covenants you might have, like coverage or minimum cash positions, uh, which are important from a long-term perspective to maintain your credit rating uh, and convince the market and the agencies that you have a handle on what's going on. You have to also take a look at, are we going to have a cash shortage situation that would require us to do some short-term borrowing? Um, tax anticipation notes, things of that nature, or can we borrow from other funds, uh, the cash balance in our utility funds, for instance, to keep the general fund cash flow working? But you have to have a plan, you have to have a good projections to look and identify where those pinch points might be and how you're going to address them so that they don't come as a surprise at the last minute and have you scrambling. I think that's an excellent point. Um, we have just helped some communities get some short-term financing and the rates are incredibly low. Um, so it is, it is an option to look um, both inside the government and outside the government at some of those um, shorter term cash flow needs. You know, one of the other things I, I've been hearing a lot from our client base is the need to sort of prioritize, right? We know that things aren't going to be exactly the same as what they would have been without COVID-19. 
So wouldn't a plan like this help the government prioritize, whether it is hires like Paige mentioned, um, or potentially having to prioritize some of their capital improvement planning? Yes, I agree, Vicki. I mean, there there are probably some non-essential capital purchasing um, that, that people are deferring till next year. When I was an active government manager, we used to always talk about being in existence for the health, safety, and welfare of our citizens. Um, and I think as you step back and say, what, what's the important things that we need to plan for and fund as a local government, I, I think you have to go back to those basics. Um, let's get those funded, take care of our those items for our residents, and then the additional funds that we have available beyond those are things we can do to enhance our quality of life, but we make smart decisions based on the long-range financial plan. So why is it important to develop the financial plan now, um, especially given that there's so much uncertainty? How will the plan help the governments understand both the short and long-term implications of COVID? Being proactive will allow the governments to avoid any unpleasant surprises. As I stated before, it is important to get ahead of these potential revenue shortfalls and develop a contingency plan to absorb whatever losses might come down the, the pike. A financial plan can also help to mitigate drastic changes and promote a sustainable budget in, in the long term. I see where some local governments are having like a knee-jerk reaction where they think they need to do some massive cuts right now. And I really don't think that's what this is about. It's about taking a, a strategic approach to looking at your financial plan and then make those decisions. You know, Paige, that's, being correct is really important. I think every day on the news, we're hearing about the economy and, and the impact of COVID on the economy, unemployment and, you know, the arguments that are taking place at government levels of how to fund and take care of those things. I think having a long-range financial plan sends a positive message to your residents and businesses that you understand uh, what's going on, that you have a plan to address it in some uh -huh. proactive way, and you have um, a method to guide the community through this period that's rational and makes sense. You know, one of the other things that we know with certainty is that there is a lot of uncertainty about potential funding. Um, you know, there's been a couple rounds of funding um, going to very large governments, but right now we don't have anything in place um, for, um, you know, the bulk of the governments, the local governments directly. What we do know, what we can expect, is that loss of revenue and maybe accumulating what, what your impacts of your revenue have been, and then also what your expenses that you're incurring related to COVID, those are two important factors that might come in play in any sort of funding that does come down. Um, so might this plan actually help identify those areas as well? Well, I, I think that, you know, looking at those expenses and, and keeping track of them are important for the reasons that you cited, Vicki, but it also is important so we can tell our residents and businesses that here's what this is actually costing us and the effect it has on our current budget and our financial projections going forward. It's all part of having a good comprehensive plan and managing to expectations. Yeah, and I would expect that most of the governing bodies would be asking those questions as well. If they haven't already, it'll be top of mind soon, I imagine. Who should be involved with developing this plan? Really, all the stakeholders should be involved um, or at least receive the information about this plan. This would include staff, residents, and businesses. 
I think by involving the stakeholders, they can then share in the challenge and then hopefully participate in the solution and we can get buy-in uh, with the plan and, and the decisions um, that need to be made in relation to the plan. Yeah, I think involving the stakeholders is, is a terrific idea because, you know, there's going to be some difficult decisions depending on how these impacts are going to affect each community. And they will be different depending on those revenue sources um, and the impact of the COVID mm -hmm. on various communities. So I think, you know, having those stakeholders involved will build that support and understanding for the decisions that you're going to need to make. I think and as, if you look back and say, what about our strategic plan? What did we say was important to us as a community? What are our values and vision? And how do we adjust our plan um, to be co as consistent with them as we possibly can be so we don't lose sight of what we said was important before this all started? Great. Well, thank you, Paige and Nick, for your time today. Um, it's been very insightful for me, and um, I really appreciate um, learning more about comprehensive financial planning and things that the governments can do now to start to get a handle on the financial picture in these uncertain times. Thank you for joining us today. To receive notification when new episodes become available, please subscribe to Baker Tilly U.S. wherever you get your podcasts.